Hey, Ashley. Hey, Matt. How are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm okay. Kind of thinking about all the stuff that's happening right now with, mm-hmm. you know, the West Coast is on fire and the pandemic with the coronavirus and this really contentious presidential election. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's almost like it's just a mad, 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 mad world. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. It's another edition of our Criterion series where we talk about a movie that's available through uh, the Criterion Company and they uh, have a streaming channel, the Criterion channel, and they also put out physical media and you know DVDs, Blu-rays, and they take great care when they release something that you know they restore it so it looks really good and they also have a lot of bonus features so you can you know see interviews with the filmmakers and learn more about the behind the scenes stuff so yeah um we've been doing this now for several months and uh, this month's edition is a 1963 film called it's a mad 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 world and actually is going to tell us about it yeah so <laughs> it's a mad 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 world is directed by uh, stanley kramer and it's an epic comedy it's nearly three hours long and it's full of uh, famous actors and comedians from the time. Uh, people like Milton Berle and Ethel Merman and Mickey Rooney and Buddy Hackett. And the list goes on and on. And it starts off when there's kind of there's a traffic jam because there's been an accident. And there's a guy who's um, dying on the side of the road. And he before he dies, he tells this group of people who has uh, gathered around him that he's buried this stolen loot somewhere under a big W. And the movie kind of is this madcap race that all these characters go on to find this money. And meanwhile, Spencer Tracy is a detective. He's following their progress. He's hoping that they'll lead him to um, wherever this money is located. And that's kind of the setup for uh, for this farce of a movie. What did you think of it? Well, uh, you know, we tend to pick out movies we, we, we like for mm-hmm, this Criterion mm-hmm. series. Uh, and I really love this movie. Um, I saw it first as a kid when it was on one, you know, some TV station somewhere. Uh, and then I've, over the years, you know, seen it again as it's been on you know, t- television, like on Turner Classic Movies. Um, and now we have it on Criterion. And I've often wondered if this... What would somebody who is not familiar with these actors... What would they think of this movie? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of it kind of rests on the well, the performances and the charm of these particular actors. A lot of them have comedic chops, you know, mm-hmm. um, but also maybe our familiarity with them. Because uh, you know, back in the day, like uh, just I just based this on you know documentaries I've seen about it. But mm-hmm. you know, anyone who was anyone wanted to be in this movie, mm-hmm. and. Um, there, some people talk about how they weren't asked to be involved in it and they, you know, they talked to Stanley Kramer about it. They were like, what, what the heck, man, what's going on? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't intentional. Just, you know, you know, you, you didn't enter my mind or whatever. We couldn't fit you in. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, really brief cameos that, you know, like the three stooges are in this, right. For, <laughs> you know, like five seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes it's like, you know, what would somebody who's not familiar with these people make of it? 
Um, we're familiar with it because when we were younger and growing up and it was on TV, a lot of these actors were older than they are in this movie, mm-hmm. but they were still either, you know, they were still acting or they were still, you know, had a career going at some, in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, they're almost all now dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, but that being said, getting all that out of the way, uh, I, I love it. I think it works. Uh, it's silly. And it's stretched out, I think, probably too long. Um, but it's a, it's a fun romp, as, as they say. Yeah. You know, I, I never feel like, you know, it is almost three hours long. There's even an intermission, um, like all good epic films should have. Um, but I, to me, it, it never really overstays its welcome. In fact, I think it, it kind of picks up a bit. I think it drags a little bit in the middle, but then it kind of picks up again at the end. I've always really liked the last third of the of the movie, um, but yeah, I think you're right. A lot of the joy of that I get from watching this is just seeing these familiar actors, all of these familiar actors, you know, showing up in cameos or even the main the main actors, just you know, being kind of goofy and silly. I don't know that the the script is really to the level that it could have been. I mean, a lot of the jokes are kind of lame and. I don't know. It doesn't always, they don't always land. Um, but there's still just this pleasure of watching, you know, these veteran actors do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a lot of the joy that I get from it. Um, I noticed when we watched it this last time, um, there's, a, there's some scenes shared with um, Spencer Tracy and William Demarest, who probably biggest claim to fame. Uh, I mean, he had a decades long, you know, film career, yeah. but his biggest claim to fame was being uncle Charlie in the, my three sons TV series, mm-hmm. but they, they were in a scene together and you just said, you know, I really love those two guys. Yeah. I would watch anything, any scene that they ever did. <laughs> Spencer Tracy officially is my favorite actor, but I love William Demi- De- um, Demarest as well. They're just great together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned the last third of it. That's like my least favorite part of the movie. Really? <laughs> well, so here's the deal. You know, this is a a treasure hunt mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And I love um, treasure hunt movies or TV shows. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'd love to be one on one in real life. I don't think I've ever done one. I, and I don't know why in the 40 odd years I've been <laughs> on this earth, I've never had an opportunity to do one. But, um, you know, there's uh, to to also talk about obscure things that people don't remember probably uh there's an episode of mcmillan and wife that mm. it's not really a well, it's not really a treasure hunt but it's a race and sort of and so there's and, the, and there's a lot of different uh couples who are driving their cars right and they're trying to and, and they are actually kind of trying to find clues mm-hmm. uh to to things but i love that episode and then there's an avengers episode you know not the mcu avengers <laughs> but the 1960s avengers that um there's an episode where it's a treasure hunt and, and they are driving, there's different characters driving around in cars in the countryside. So mm-hmm. I love that and I could watch that endlessly. Mm-hmm. Inevitably though, in any treasure hunt TV episode or movie, they kind of have to stop treasure hunting right. and there has to be a, a, a conclusion. There has to be a, a, an ending where, and it's usually not out in the countryside. It's, it's, it's um, somewhere else, right? It's a stationary place usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, those parts of it are always the buzzkill for me. Mm. So when this movie finds the treasure, <laughs> that whole third act after that, I'm like, uh, while it's happening and it happens, it goes on for a long time. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, this, uh, <laughs> when will this end? 
Um, that's my least favorite part of the movie, actually. Huh. I like that part because I think you're right. A, a movie like this does have that problem where once you find, you know, once you reach the goal, then what do you do? I think this movie takes it in a surprising direction, and I kind of like the direction that it goes in. Hmm. It's just different. Um, so, Spencer Tracy aside, yeah, who's your favorite? Oh, well, you have to bring up, when you talk about this movie, you have to talk about Ethel Merman. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about Ethel Merman. Well, she's just wonderful. She's like, uh, she plays Milton Berle's wife, right? And no. No, she's not? <laughs> she is his mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. Oh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> she doesn't seem old enough to be his mother-in-law. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she is she? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, anyway... She plays his mother-in-law, and she's hilarious. She's like... Uh, well, to be clear, okay, I'm going to be clear here. Yes. Uh, they're born in the same year. Okay. <laughs> born in 1908. But, I mean, it, it's clear It's clear that, you know, um, she's his mother-in-law. Um, I'm, I'm going to look here for the actor. Go ahead and talk. I'm, I'll find the actress that plays his wife. Well, um, she's just uh, she's just very funny. She's, she's loudmouth. She's, you know... Constantly criticizing, constantly voicing her opinion, and it, she's she's very annoying. And uh, there's just a lot of comedy to be had from from her performance. And uh, she's Dorothy great. Provine oh. plays his wife, and and her mom is played by Ethel Merman. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I feel like you know, even though some of the comedy doesn't maybe uh, live up to the standards of the actors, I feel like it's it's more successful actually as an action film. There's a lot of action scenes, you know. Planes, trays, and automobiles—they go—they go through almost everything, and uh, it's a lot of fun to be had. Just you know, watching the the stunts and the the action that they that they manage to get into. So yeah, yeah, uh, I would agree. And I think again, though, some of that lands and some of it doesn't. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a scene. So um, Mickey Rooney and uh, what's his name? Um, it's, it's escaping me. Um, Mickey Rooney and who's the guy that he's paired up with? Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett, yeah. Um, they have seen together where they uh, get in a plane that I guess belongs to Jim Backus's character. Jim yeah. Backus from Gilligan's Island and yes. uh, Mr. Magoo. And um, that is, it's cute and it's funny as a, oh my gosh, you know, because um, Jim Backus's character is an alcoholic and he, um, he basically passes out from his drinking. Mm. And so it's like, oh my gosh, they don't know how to fly a plane. <laughs> Except <laughs> like that goes on like for a long time. Uh, <laughs> put it that way. That's another part, you know, maybe that could have been trimmed down a bit. Uh, but no, I mean, there's, there's physical, Jonathan Winters' character destroys a gas station. Yes. <laughs> which it's like that, that's, it's, it's funny in the weird, like he just be, kind of becomes an animal. Yeah. Like he just like just goes on this rampage, and uh, <laughs> it's funny, but it's funny in like a oh my gosh, like he's really going to destroy this this gas station. Kind I mean, of thing. it's almost surreal how easily this gas station kind of just falls apart. Yeah, but for me, Jonathan Winters has a lot of funny lines. I know mm. we just talked about him destroying the gas station, but like when he delivers a line about um, Ethel Merman's character, <laughs> um, I just love that line. Yeah, I love, I love it. Um, and we talked earlier about the the cameos. I mean, this has Joe E. Brown, who is famous from uh, Some Like It Hot, mm-hmm. and has a famous last line from that movie. Um, 
Peter Falk is in this, Columbo. Uh, Norman Fell from the old show The Ropers and mm-hmm. Three's Company mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, it hardly has any African Americans in it. Uh, that's, a, that's maybe something that, you know, by the 60s, I think you could have had, you know, some, some African American appearances in this more than just, I think there were two. There's a, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple that are in part of it that mm-hmm. hardly have any lines. And then there's a cab driver toward the end. And I think that's it. Yeah. There's kind of a, I don't know, Ethel Merman has a son who, I don't know, I don't know if you could describe him as a hippie. It's too early for hippies, but I don't know. I just always felt like that his depiction was kind of um, not good. Like, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. but Dick Sean plays him, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He just seems kind of goofy and... Kind of this, he's like the youngest, maybe the youngest actor in the cast, or, and he's just not looked on very favorably. He seems kind of flighty and. Um. Well, it's funny. His, the actor's forty in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know if he is the youngest one or not, but uh, yeah, it's funny. His character, the first few times I watched this movie, uh, he really annoyed me. Yeah. But this last time we watched it, it wasn't so bad. I think mm-hmm. I had over remembered. Um, him, his annoying bits, yeah. or I was just able to tolerate it better this last time we watched it. Um, Terry Thomas, famous British actor Terry Thomas, oh, yeah, is in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, good people. Yeah. All right. So, what do you give this out of ten? <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. Okay. Um, I give it an eight point three. So our score is a seven point nine. And it is on the tomato meter uh, with a fresh 70% from critics and 83% from audiences. I think it's definitely worth checking out. Oh, particularly yeah, same if, here. You, if you like these old time actors. Thanks for listening. Thanks. It's a